Thanks, James, and welcome everyone to the Carolina Weather Group Quarantining with Mets. We're happy to be joined by the WMBF weather team out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina this afternoon. We have on with us Jessica Dobson, uh, Robert Whitehurst, Andrew Dockery, and hopefully Jamie Arnold will be joining us here in just a little bit. So over the next 40 minutes or so, we're going to be getting to know uh, your local forecast team there in Myrtle Beach, and hopefully uh, we'll reveal some fun things uh, that you may have not known about those. So uh, welcome to the show. We appreciate y'all joining us and uh we always like to start off with some fun questions so jessica i'm going to start with you because you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier uh iced coffee or hot coffee which do you prefer um usually iced coffee all the way i've been on this whole whipped coffee kick andrew hasn't heard me shut up about it for a long time now (laughs) but um iced coffee on most days unless it's like winter outside and then sometimes i'll go for a warm cup usually ice Andrew, Robert, you guys have a choice? I would say I'm an iced coffee guy. I wasn't until I moved here into Myrtle Beach. And once you get into the humidity here, uh, you're almost kind of forced to be an iced coffee guy. So uh, I do hot coffee in the mornings, but if I have it in the afternoon, it's usually ice. And uh, yeah, that whipped coffee, uh, Jessica talks about it nonstop, and it is very good. (laughs) I wouldn't steer you wrong. Yeah, I think it's 50-50. It depends on the season. And it depends on where you're getting the coffee from. Ooh, Duncan, I love Duncan's hot coffee. I'm not a big fan of Starbucks hot coffee. What? But I like Starbucks iced coffee and cold brew better than the iced coffee at Duncan. That is a well thought out answer. Yeah, I discovered this thing, too. It's called a hyper chiller. And so what you can do is brew hot coffee at home. You pour it into the hyper chiller that's frozen. And you spin it around for 30 seconds. And you have iced coffee that's not watered down. Wow. I, I don't, I don't own any stock in this hyperchiller either, so I don't get any commission <laughs> if I uh, sell any product. How, how many sugars and creams, though? You know what? You're really, that, that's a hurtful comment right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's what gets me at Duncan. I'm like, load it up. Just keep squirting my, it. And... <laughs> my coffee is like white, okay? Uh, what are y'all's favorite weather or disaster themed movies? Um, I guess we can go in the same order again. Start with Jessica. Um, Twister is for sure. I, I mean, that's very typical, but that came out when I was younger. And, you know, Joe, Jessica, she had blonde hair. I have blonde hair, so it just kind of really, it stuck with me. Love that movie. Um, and also, one that I grew up watching, I feel like it was on ABC Family a lot, was Night of the Twisters. It's oh, very, yeah. very corny, yeah. like, 90s one, but that's another. Right. I think for me, Twister was a big one. I'm not a big movie guy, though, if I'm being honest. Um, especially when it comes to weather movies, I just critique them really bad. <laughs> Um, but another one that stands out that I did watch a lot, which is even worse, is The Day After Tomorrow. Mm. Um, That's one that immediately pops in there with Twister, but as far as if I could quote a movie, the one I've watched the most, it's definitely Twister for me. Yeah, I think think Twister is kind of the the go-to answer, I think, (laughs) for this one. I I loved it growing up. I used to watch it all the time. I get a little more frustrated watching it now. Like, that's not, maybe that's not where we want to be during a tornado. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not in a shed tied to a, uh, a water pipe coming out. I think it's funny that I love Joe so much, but I didn't really understand the whole backstory that she was like kind of crazy and it was refusing to divorce her ex. <laughs> like that didn't really register with me until honestly I watched it like a couple of years ago and I was like, man, this is kind of like 
Messy. <laughs> so uh next question on our list here and to kind of stick with the same kind of uh weather related stuff um do you have um like a favorite type of music just in general or maybe it's something that helps you kind of get in the mood for doing live broadcasts or weather related stuff when, when weather's happening i'll let andrew go first for this one because andrew's our music ah. buff i feel like i'll have opened a can of worms uh, <laughs> we could be here we could be here for 40 minutes on this topic no doubt about it um Music is my passion, I'm probably behind weather. So I'm a big music junkie. Um, with that being said, I I love every type of music. Anything kind of gets me in the mood. I usually do something that's not super upbeat in the morning since we're on the morning show, but something that'll just like, all right, this is a good feel, kind of like a um, acoustic indie vibe maybe. Um, but I am a, I can listen to anything from Fleetwood Mac to George Strait to Tom Petty, Bruce Springsteen, you name it. I, I love it. Um, I am a big component though of playlist. And I think I told Jessica this yesterday, I made a hurricane playlist. I might have to make it public yeah. one day. And it's yeah, all no. these songs about hurricanes. And I'm a big runner too. So like right before Dorian arrived, I was just like rocking out to all these songs that had hurricane references in there from Jimmy Buffett to Luke Combs to um, all kinds of music. And, and it was fun. Um, but yeah, music is a big passion of mine. So we might have to get your uh, hurricane uh, playlist there to put out when we, we put out the show, right? Oh, for sure. Heck yeah. <laughs> I can I gladly that. do that. I, have, I don't really, you know, I listen to a little bit of everything, but I don't really listen to music much when I'm forecasting. I think it distracts me a little bit. Honestly, so on the weekends, I'll do mornings and evenings. And honestly, it really depends on the morning show or the evening show, which one I'm doing on my mood because if it's the evenings like I'm already like mostly awake and I've ha probably had a lot of caffeine in my system so I'm like ready to go and I'll listen to honestly like I love throwback playlists like whether that's like throwback R&B and hip-hop from like the early 2000s or like the early 2000s hits or like late 90s hits like those always put me like in a really good mood but when it comes to mornings I kind of like what is it? I have like a couple of different ones on Spotify. Like my Spotify is so disorganized. It's not even funny. Um, I'll like think of a, of a band. And I'm like, oh, I want to listen to that kind of music today. But mostly like things kind of more like more chill, uh, probably like Mumford and Sons or uh, Neon Trees or um, Kings of Leon too. I listen to them a lot in the mornings. It, it really, it truly depends. Like my mood changes also throughout, throughout the morning. Sometimes I'm like, no, I need something a little more somber, like, <laughs> so it really depends, too, for me, but I, 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 I like all the music, too, like, I'm the worst when I'm driving in a car with someone else, and, and the music, a song comes on, and I start singing it, and it's just not, it goes down from there. <laughs> you know, like, those Spotify playlists used to work great for me until I had a daughter, and now it'll go from Luke Combs to the Frozen 2 soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Moana. Then back, back to Aladdin and Moana, and then back to uh, some sort of rock song. It really you brings you all like over the place. Yeah, that sounds honestly kind of great, though. Like, gotta throw in a Disney song every once in a while just to kind of bring <laughs> things back down. Yeah, I gotta humble you. All right, weather question, kind of a two part question. When did you know you wanted to be a meteorologist? And was there someone that you looked up to? Uh, when you were younger, going through high school, college, that kind of also pushed you into that direction? So for me, 
I don't think there was ever really a moment in time where I just knew. I honestly just kind of always knew. Like, even when I was looking at colleges, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do meteorology. But I didn't know I wanted to do broadcasting because I used to be really shy. I don't really know what happened. <laughs> Something <laughs> happened, so now I can't shut up. But um, that kind of evolved throughout college. But in terms, I watched a lot of the local meteorologists. I think um, someone who pushed me a lot, though, who I met in high school, didn't realize how important it was to meet him, though, um, was John Gordon. He really pushed me to just kind of like take on my own personality when it came to weather. He works with, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Uh, he used to actually be a hurricane hunter. Uh, now he's the MIC at the National Weather Service in Louisville. Um, and I, I volunteered with him one summer and like it totally changed everything for me. Um, but I always grew up watching the meteorologists on air. There weren't always a lot of females though. So it was kind of hard for me to kind of, I never really had one specific person I looked up to. Um, Cause I kind of watched them all. So um, yeah, long story short. Um, I think for me, I was in fifth grade. I grew up terrified of thunderstorms. Couldn't stand them. Um, and I turned to the people on TV uh, to kind of guide me through the storm as corny as that sounds. Mm -hmm. um, my mom was in TV her whole life. She's behind the scenes. So she is a uh, research director. She's been doing that for years. And uh, I kind of had a firsthand like experience into what broadcast meteorologists do. Uh, so I would go to work any chance I got with mom and, and shadow all these meteorologists and be like, hey, listen, I don't like storms. What's And that actually grew a passion more out of fear back when I was in like fifth grade to, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like the power of the atmosphere is so amazing. Um, so I think the big mentor for me was Kevin Harnett growing up. Uh, I met him in elementary school. I kind of uh, went with him. He's in Louisville. Jessica and I are from the same town, same city, went to the same college. Um, but uh, I, I got to shadow him all the way from elementary school through middle school, through high school, through college. And it really paved a way for me to understand how this business works, uh, but also to really just be amazed at, uh, yeah, there's, there's a people that are out there that are afraid of this type of thing. But just to be amazed at the power and how the technology these days is almost like there shouldn't be a fear just because we've come so far for how we are in this industry. And I think that's a big, a big focal point uh, for me right now is to try to, to teach people, you know, hey, if there's a warning issued, take precaution. But at the same time, um, there's no need to be afraid of these things. Yeah, I think my passion for weather started pretty young. And I think it was kind of a fear thing, too. Uh, but my, my grandparents, my parents always told me that five or six, they'd always watch the, the Weather Channel instead of the Cartoon Network or something, especially when a storm would come in. And then I would go into a closet and watch the Weather Channel because the storm scared me, but I was so interested in it. And um, especially my mom has kind of uh, pushed me into weather because I was so passionate about it growing up. But we would go storm chasing in Florida. Whenever a hurricane would go by, we'd go down to the beach. I remember Floyd going up the coast and we were down at the beach <laughs> looking at the wind gusts and um, whenever a storm would come by, we would do that kind of stuff. So it's something I always wanted to do. Um, and I don't know if, if I really had a, uh, a favorite meteorologist growing up. I, I watched a lot of the weather channel and local. Uh, we had Tim Deegan in Jacksonville. I think he's still there. He's been there a long time. Uh, and John gone there as well. So, um, I think growing up in Florida, hurricanes was kind of my passion and that's always been still my passion. That's why I'm still in the Southeast. So this is maybe a, a question that 
it's been a little bit controversial in the past. We've had some interesting answers, uh, but model websites, you see model output all over Twitter and Facebook and anywhere that social media exists. Uh, do you have a favorite one, a favorite website? So I, in college, we always used Pivotal and COD or College of DuPage. And so like in college, I got so used to those that like those kind of, I, I'll use other ones. Like I can never remember the one we use now that like, I think Robert, you have it on our computer or it's like your account, but um, that one's good too. But I always end up, I think going back to COD and then, or uh, Pivotal. Cause I like, I don't know. I just always like Pivotal the colors. I don't know. And then when it comes to COD, I like um, their satellite data a lot. I always go to their satellite or their surface analysis. So, um, I am a weird one when it comes to models. Uh, Twister data, does anyone remember like that site back in the day? Yeah. Like how the color table was so great, but like the features were a little eh. Um, I'm a big fan of like ensemble forecast and having a ton of variety on a website. So simple is great. Otherwise, I get distracted. So I try to do COD throughout like a 48-hour window. And then I transfer over to weather models, which Robert um, and the team use, and then WeatherBell. I'm, I love WeatherBell. I love weather models. Um, and those two are like, I would say, my one and two. Um, but if it's coming to a quick 48-hour look of a forecast, it's usually Pivotal Weather or um, College of DuPage. Um, if I need to get something out quick. Otherwise, I'll spend way too much time on the other two. Yeah, I think a lot of them, they have, each have their strengths. Yeah. Like a pivotal weather with the clickable soundings for the Euro and the UK Met and all the extra data now. That's great. Um, you can't really find, I don't know where else you can find that kind of stuff right now. Obviously, you could break down the levels yourself on the weather bell or weather models, but to have those clickable soundings for the Euro and the UK Met, great. Um, we were big in the weather bell. And then when Ryan went over to weather models, we kind of gave that a try. And I think they're both great. Um, the navigation certainly got a lot better on both of them. I think when they first started, it was like, there's all this stuff, but I don't know how to get to it. You'll find it once. You're like, I really want to save that. You come back and you couldn't find it. Um, but I think they've kind of improved with those. So we use all three. It's, we're kind of lucky that we have an account for all three. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if many people know about this one, but the FSU uh, cyclone phase. Mm. That's good. That's good stuff there. You can see uh, it kind of gives you an idea if it's going to be a shallow warm core, if it's more cold core. What would be your most embarrassing on-air moment that you can recall? I feel like I embarrass myself on a regular basis. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I have made it before on one of those like viral YouTube um, like blooper things over something so stupid. I like just stumbled over my words and then I couldn't stop laughing afterwards. And it was just 20 seconds of me, like, like doing the whole where you don't breathe or say sounds. You just like sitting there laughing without making any noises. I did that. Um, that was probably up there with one of the most embarrassing. I don't really, and this, I mean, you can ask Jessica and Robert, they know, I don't get embarrassed often. That's true. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I think back to like my job at Eastern Kentucky when I was the chief at WIMT, I would go out and do face paintings right before main weather and, and dance with people to learn like a jig or whatever it was. So I've done probably a lot of embarrassing stuff, but to me, I was just doing it just because it was interactive. Um, but something I did not plan that happened 
um, was I did a whole main weather and Twitter blew up. This was back at Bowling Green, and it was obvious that my fly was down uh, the Wait, entire what? time. <laughs> So uh, that was the only thing I can think of. I will never remember or forget that day. Um, but other than that, everything else doesn't, it takes a lot to embarrass me, but that day certainly did. This isn't a bad one, but we have a hurricane expo we do every year. And uh, I went to a, a little girl who was with her dad and a live interview. And I asked her, uh, hey, are you having a great time here? And she looked at me and said, no. <laughs> I had no idea what to say. I was like, oh, well, uh, there's uh, some fun stuff over there. Uh, Back to you. You didn't respond with, uh, I like turtles, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is like with kids. They'll tell you the truth. They're not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, Storm chasing. I know Western Kentucky goes out in the storm chasing every year. Have you guys been storm chasing? Any memorable events from that? Oh, my gosh. Storm chasing. I went twice. And best two weeks of my life, both times, like, hands down, like, second time, is they were both great for different reasons. The first time I was in 2016, in May of 2016, which I don't know if you guys remember or not, but that was the whole Dodge City mm-hmm. event that unfolded, which was the craziest day of my whole life. Um, just like a tornado on the ground for, I think, over an hour, and it had you know, um, sister tornadoes at one point, and it was just, like, complete madness, like, I'd never seen chasers like that before either, Um, and really, that whole season, we saw, I got to see pretty much every type of storm structure you would want to see, whether it was tornadoes or not, so that was really big for me, it was, like, literally, like, everyone says it, but it was literally, like, everything you learn in your meteorology class, in your textbooks, everything you see, but it was, like, in front of your face, and so that was really cool for me um the second time we didn't see quite as much but we uh wku goes over a two-week span which i think a lot of schools probably do that too um and we just we did a lot more sightseeing we went out to new mexico and um, we got to do a lot of cool things outside the whole storm chasing thing too but um, i got to be with like my best friends when they saw their first tornado so like lots of bonding and it was just the best of both worlds like being with your friends, but also at the same time learning so much, like being able to share all those like experiences and your same passion with other people. I could go on for days about storm chasing. Very near and dear to my heart. I wish I could go back and relive those days. Um, for me, I didn't go on the storm chase uh, trip. I, um, I worked two years in college while doing school. So I did 19 hours of classes in a 40 hour work week uh, in Bowling Green, which was crazy. Um, the first year I couldn't because of a job, we just lost someone. So I couldn't take off the second year. I just accepted a job in hazard. So I was already moving out when it was going up. Um, I've storm chased on my own. I've never seen a tornado with my eyes. I've been around storms that produced a tornado at night and knew that, Hey, this had a good chance of a tornado. I've seen damage firsthand from a tornado. I think the most powerful experience though, um would have been when we were actually we signed up for and something that's not even storm chasing we we remember march 2nd um 2012 was a big time event in kentucky um it was the one time i left kentucky to go to and paid like for this big um conference in oklahoma i never attended the conference like i just sat there and like 
because everyone back home was so freaked out. So that was probably one of the more memorable events is coming back and seeing the damage of what that produced um, up in Henryville and all that, because it's still crazy to look back at. But Yeah, it's kind of a bucket list thing for me. I've never really done storm chasing much other than uh, with my mom going to the beach when hurricanes went by. And of course in Jacksonville, it's always when they went by for the most part. So uh, we could go down to the beach and have wind gusts 40, 50 miles per hour. It was kind of, crazy to watch and they would always shut down the bridges going over the waterway so we get stuck at the beach for an hour or two until the storm went by but uh i've never really done any big storm chasing i, I worked in hattiesburg mississippi for a couple of years and we certainly had uh, quite a bit of severe weather there a lot of tornadoes and certainly saw a lot of uh pretty bad damage around there but never have actually seen one in person i, I foresee a wmbf uh, storm chasing trip here in the near uh, i am down 100 yeah. <laughs> percent uh, so our next question is about favorite non-weather-related hobbies. Uh, Robert, I don't think we've started with you yet, so I'll let you lead off if you want. Uh, I love to get outdoors. So uh, I love to mountain bike. We love to camp, go fishing. Um, growing up, my dad and I would always go up into North Georgia and go camping for a weekend, do some trout fishing in the Chattahoochee, uh, going up into the little rivers up and the streams up in North Georgia and to the upstate of South Carolina. So of course, I'm outdoors for this shot, too. So I guess that <laughs> I'm a big outdoors guy, too. Um, hiking, kayaking, boating, um, running lately has been a big passion of mine just because I love food, too. So food's a hobby. <laughs> I love to eat. Um, and then I also, like I said, I love music. So I play guitar, play the mandolin, play a little bit of piano. Any instrument I could play, I try to get my hands on. Um, but yeah. I think those are the big things. Uh, I just love being outdoors. I hate sitting on the couch all day. I always have to be doing something. Um, my hobbies have kind of changed uh, over the years. I used to dance growing up. Um, I was on the dance team in college, um, but obviously now don't really do as much. But I kind of, now that I live near the beach, I don't ever like to be sitting in my apartment. So I go to the beach literally as much as possible. Like when I get off here, I'm probably gonna try to go to the beach because it's so nice outside. <laughs> um, I love to read. I love reading books, especially recently, um, like autobiographies about either meteorologists or people in broadcasting, um, like books that I can take a lot away from. Um, I love to cook. I don't like to clean, um, <laughs> but I like to cook pretty much any chance I get. And I like to experiment and try to like, if I can't like recreate like really good dishes from places I like. So I'm not as tempted to eat out as much, but it's really hard in Myrtle Beach. I plan on eating my way through this place. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then hanging out with my cats. Since all three of y'all like doing stuff kind of around the city and stuff, uh, is there you know, a shout out to some of the places or, or things that you like the most? What what makes your city so great? Do you, Can you name a couple favorite spots? Beach. <laughs> any particular part of the beach <laughs> uh yeah i mean there's a couple spots here i mean everybody kind of when they come to visit they go to downtown myrtle beach and uh it, it gets a little busy a little crazy i think the locals go a little farther north or a little farther south and it gets a little quieter and you can actually relax a bit um so maybe that's uh if you're going to come to visit myrtle beach Try to branch out from just uh, downtown Myrtle Beach. There's a lot to offer up and down the coast. And that's the thing with uh, Myrtle Beach. They want to stay as close to the beach as possible, the buildings and the uh, homes. So instead of going inland, everything here is built up and down the coast. So you have to kind of go quite a bit to see everything. Uh, but it's worth a visit from North Myrtle Beach all the way down to Merrill's Inlet. Polly's Island's beautiful. 
a little farther to the south of Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I will agree with that. And the food is great, too. You can go all the way up into North Myrtle Beach and, and hit up um, portions up near um, downtown North Myrtle, down to Barefoot Landing. Um, I think a Flying Fish is a great seafood place there. Highly recommend that. Um, it's a 48 uh, catch-to-plate rule, so everything is super fresh, 48 hours. Um, and then I'm a big South Strand guy. We say by South Strand, south of downtown Myrtle Beach, um, Surfside, Garden City, Myrtle's Inlet, the Marsh yes, Walk yes. is beautiful. Um, and then you go even further south, uh, Huntington Beach State Park, Brook Green Gardens, Polly's Island. Um, it's just a beautiful area down there. Um, that I would highly recommend anyone to come check out. Um, come to Myrtle Beach, check out downtown, and then go south would be my recommendation. And then if you have another day, go north, because you could eat your way through this city in the Grand Strand, no doubt about it. I have not had the chance to really explore that much. I'm just now starting to be able to with all the corona stuff going on. Um, but I will say I have not been to a single place that I have not like loved so far. All the beaches I've been to uh, as far south as, you know, I, I recently went to Surf, Surfside the other day um, and that was really nice. Like, and there, every little spot I feel like has a different feel to it. Mm. Um, it has like different character to it. And so I really like that so far. Um, honestly have not really even had the chance to eat at any local restaurants except like the boathouse that was really good andrew and i ate there uh, after work or during work one day um and then i went to a local mexican restaurant uh the other day soli luna which was freaking amazing where do you see the future of meteorology being we're seeing a lot more um um, non-traditional wise media with social media websites blogs uh, you still have your TV, your your National Weather Service stuff. Where do you think the future of meteorology takes us in the next 10, 15 years? I think that's kind of the, the magic question that everybody's looking to the answer for. I mean, you think back 15 years ago, how different it was. And then you look 15 years or 10 years in advance and just how different it's going to be again. Um, I obviously, a lot of focus is on digital now. Everybody's on their phones. Um, most stations have a weather app at this point, but I think we invest a lot of time into our weather app, and we've seen quite a bit of growth of that here in the last few years. Um, and even on social media, uh, I think when I started in 2013, we had three or 4,000 likes on our weather page. I think we're up to almost 40,000 now. And um, you can see that kind of growth on our digital team as well. I did a presentation a couple of years ago about digital growth website growth and it was something like 200 percent growth since we launched the station we're a relatively new station we've only been around for a little over 10 years um but you start to see the uh the tv side go down a bit but the digital side is kind of taking over from there and uh we started to put some work into ott things like roku uh, so you can get your news kind of on demand we are setting up a new system now at the station where uh basically an anchor or weather anchor can go on air or onto digital by themselves as its own mixer board, audio board, cameras built in. They can punch up any sort of audio source, video source. Um, and so we don't have to wait for that traditional 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m. People don't want to wait until 4 p.m. to get the forecast or 4 p.m. to get some information. So it's tougher now to tease things. Like, hey, we got this really big story. Tune in at 4 p.m. for the details. And people don't, it's, everybody wants the information now. So 
uh, instead of doing that typical thing, if it's breaking news, we can get on air, we can get on the digital, we'll get on the Facebook with it, onto the website, and people can go there and get the information right away. Otherwise, they're going to go somewhere else to find it. What's your favorite social media platform? Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat? Where, where's your go-to? Well, I still have my MySpace active, I think, somewhere. So um, <laughs> oh, make no. sure you give me a uh, – I'll put you in my top six. <laughs> but uh, really, I think Facebook is still probably the king when it comes to uh, weather information with the general public. Um, I think it's probably starting to skew a little bit older with the population. I don't think uh, the younger you go, I think you get the less people on Facebook now. And uh, where we go from there, I'm not sure. I, we've kind of dabbled in Instagram a bit. And uh, we have decent luck with it. But I, I don't think we've got a huge amount of traction on there yet. Uh, but it seems like most TV stations still use Facebook as the kind of big digital social metric. And then you just kind of have Twitter and Instagram and some other things on the side. All right. We're going to, we're going to end with a couple of fun questions. So <laughs> I'll, I'll end with this one. You have, you're ordered a pizza. You're only allowed one topping. What is that topping? Pepperoni. Sausage, but this puts out a uh, barstool sports, uh, <laughs> One bite, everybody knows the rules is what I thought of as soon as you said that. <laughs> it's hard for me to pick one. I, my original thought was pepperoni, but I love banana pepper pizza. Interesting. Ooh, and I said pineapple, favorite. so that's good. I, I was I, waiting I, for the pineapple. Yeah, I don't think I pineapple's on a pizza. All right, then I will close this out tonight. Uh, this is a question that we briefly talked about before the show and had you all stow away your answer. Uh, so this could be controversial. There's only one right answer. Toilet paper, over or under? I have to think. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Okay, one for over. I uh, I saw a terrifying image once, and I'll explain it after Jessica answers. It's over. Okay. And it's because of the image. Okay, yeah, I would say over, and I think of a meme, and I hope it's not what Andrew's thinking. It's like, I don't know, I can't, now I can't even remember the meme. Something about a mullet. Like, it had to do with a mullet. I've seen know. that. I've seen that. One. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. The one I saw had a spider underneath, and oh. like you reached underneath the toilet paper to get it on the uh, on the underside, and when you do that, you're like touching the spot. Ever since then, no. it's over. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we, we have uh, definitely enjoyed having you up for this. We appreciate it. I would hate to give up this opportunity or would love to give you this opportunity to promote your social media accounts. So if uh, anyone who's watching or listening, head down to Myrtle Beach. They know where to get uh, the weather information at and maybe some of the best places uh, to hang out. So I'll let you guys uh, give out some social media information before we close off. Robert, I'll start with you. No, you can, uh, I'm big on Facebook. So uh, if you just search for uh, meteorologist Robert Whitehurst, uh, it should pop up on there. And of course, uh, our main Facebook page is kind of the one where we put a lot of our time into uh, more forecasting, and that's going to be the uh, WMBF First Alert Weather Facebook page. Yeah, uh, I think we're all pretty generic in our, our handles. <laughs> I'm uh, meteorologist Andrew Dockery um, on Facebook, and then you can find me on Twitter at Andrew WMBF. We have a great team that loves social media. We would love to uh, just even chat with you all about weather sometime. Yeah, mine, mine's the same pretty much. Uh, it's meteorologist Jessica Dobson on Facebook and then at Jessica Dobson WX on Twitter. You can also follow me on Instagram. I can't even think of my handle right now, so whatever. You can also follow me on Pinterest. 
<laughs> you can also find uh, Jamie Arnold at Jamie Arnold, Arnold WMBF on Twitter. So look up Jamie. We hate that he wasn't able to join today, but certainly appreciate having you all around. And if you're in Myrtle Beach, be sure to check out the WMBF First Alert weather team. Uh, for everyone here at the Carolina Weather Group, thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.